Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. You are pretty driven. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. But what do you do when it feels like your drive is going the opposite direction of the drive of everyone else around you? You mean, what do I do when I feel like Samea from our episode, Whose Ambition Is It Anyway? That is exactly what I mean, yes. Well, I'll tell you just as soon as we get this, we love you, and so can you bonus episode underway. Nice. In this special bonus season of We Love You and So Can You, we're going to be talking about our own experiences with each of the topics explored during our regular season. And towards the end of our first season, we met Sumeya, a student at a prestigious law school in her early 20s. And she was struggling with how to be her smart, passionate, social justice-loving self while not caving to the stress and pressures of her surroundings and just abandoning her ideals. But after two weeks of living by her prescription, she was being a little less hard on herself and even laughing and having some fun along the way. Now, Jolenta, we've never gone to fancy law schools, but we have felt at odds with our environments before. So I'm going to have you start. Mm. Tell me a story when that's been the case and how you dealt with it. Well, I was thinking a lot about my time in acting school when we were working with Samea, and mostly because I didn't handle acting school the way Sumeya was handling her law school predicament. Uh, but I totally related to her. At acting school, I I loved it. The environment was, like, amazing and passionate and, like, everyone's so ambitious and, like, we all moved to New York and we're going to fucking make it. But also, I didn't line up with so many of the ideals there and acting school I feel like similarly to law school any any you know intense small environment starts to feel a little culty mm-hmm. like let's be real especially like art schools um, <laughs> and just like there's always you know there's the theory of thought and everyone really gloms onto it and all the different teachers have their like followings and everyone's just so into the work or like the method yeah and it's like <laughs> oh my gosh and I like very much got swept up in it but there was this little voice the whole time being like this isn't quite hitting the nail on the head for me but I was like but everyone's so sure about it like I'm just gonna pretend I I'm as sure about this as they are and I just sort of went along with it for like two and a half years and the second I finished acting school I was like not going on any auditions not doing any acting and I was like what the fuck did I do wrong for the past two and a half years and I was like oh I just like fully went along with what they said, you know, a career should look like or my ambition should look like and totally forgot my own. And I had to sort of rebuild it after school and be like, what am I about? And I like went and took a storytelling class and I went to open mics. And it's like, what if I was doing this um, alongside my acting school? Or what if 
during acting school, I had taken more stock of what I wanted out of life, like the way Samaya actually did. And I could be like, oh, I kind of want to be more of a solo performer. I want to do more stand-up. But like these areas of acting school are very much applicable. But instead, I sort of had to do this all afterwards. Mm. And I wish I would have taken time instead of getting swept up in the momentum of school to pause and be like, but what do I want from this school? Not what do they expect me to look like as a student of this school? Yeah. And was that hard for you to... Oh, it was the worst. When I finished school, I was like, great, here's all this built-in ambition that I realize isn't mine. And now I'm not ambitious and I'm a bump on a log. And I was like working a bunch of day jobs, doing nothing creative. Mm. And I felt like I was sort of this failed product of that environment. Like I must have not done it right or not like bought into the party line hard enough when really it was like, no, I like bought in too hard to their ideals and forgot to check in with my own to see how I would use the information they were giving me. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I think that's just a very common story for young people overall. I mean, really, I guess I'm sort of jealous that Simea even knew this was a predicament she was having because I realized I didn't until afterwards, you know? Yes, yes. I mean, I and again, I think that when we're young, I think it's very common, but most of us aren't stopping to do what Simea did. No, you know, to it's ask so that, easy to, to, ask to be questions. like, this prestigious institution says I need to be X, Y, and Z. So in order to get all I can out of it, I need to be X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, you can be A, B, and C and still learn. Yes, yes, absolutely. One thing that helped after the fact that I actually thought about a lot that I did learn in school, and it came from um, a wonderful Shakespeare teacher who's actually now deceased, uh, Charles Tuthill. Shout out to an awesome human. Um, And I, in Shakespeare class, was working on a monologue from a scene that I did not like. It was like something from Two Gentlemen of Verona. It sucked. And uh, I'm working on it, and he's, like, giving me notes, and he was like, do you like this? And I was like, no, but, like, a lot of people don't do it, and I wanted something that was fresh and, like, not overdone and, like, whatever. And then he just looked at me, and he was, like, appalled. And he was like, please do things you like. Mm. And I was, at the time, I was like, ugh, he's such a diva or whatever. And I was like, but then I was just thinking about it more and more. And he used to always say things like this to me. Um, I also worked there afterwards. And, like, when I'd run into him in the teacher's lounge, he'd be like, I wish you would just do what you're doing now for work, like being a snarky bitch while you eat a snack. And, like, (laughs) he's like, this is where you're shining. And I would always ignore him. But now, looking back on his advice, like, it's the only advice I took, really, which is, like, Please do things you like. Don't do things because you're supposed to. Like, I was obsessed with being a Shakespearean actor because, like, that's the prestige. That's where you want to do it. You want to be able to, like, save down all the greats in the park, like Meryl. But also, like, a lot of those things I love to watch or read and talk about the theory and, like, the dramaturgy behind it. But, like, I don't like doing it. Yeah, and can I also just say, when it comes to the performance world, the idea of trying to do the... uh correct thing. You've already decided not to do the correct thing. You're deciding to be a performer. Well, and also which is like, not, which is not yeah. what you're supposed to do. It's not like find a nine to five job. Yeah, it's like you're already essentially a woman of the night. So like <laughs> all bets are off. Um, no, and just I thought about that so much after I graduated where he's like, why don't you just be yourself? And why don't you do things you you like, not things that like we say one is supposed to like? Yes. And in following that advice, like, where am I more myself on stage? Well, it's usually when I'm, like, being a snarky bitch. Uh, what are the things I like? 
not necessarily pandering at auditions, but just making up my own shit and forcing my way onto a stage. Like, oh, that's yeah. what I do now. Yeah. Who cares if it's theater with a capital T? What matters is what's making your heart full. Exactly. So please do things you like. So now do you feel like you're where you want to be with all of it? And how did yes. you get from that to where you are now? It just took a lot of rechecking in with yourself and not like undoing the programming of school, but being like, okay, even if school says I should want to be a Shakespearean actor, what am I drawn to? And I'm like, well, I keep watching this Joan Rivers documentary on repeat, oh. so clearly I want to fucking do this. And, Everybody and watched like, that this documentary. Yeah, I mean, A Piece of Work is one of the greatest documentaries of all time. Ever. yeah. Anyway. And it's like, oh, maybe I'm not a failed actor if all I'm doing is daydreaming about stand-up. But in fact, I can use these skills of being comfortable on stage and knowing how to use my body and my voice in ways a lot of stand-ups don't to really capitalize on my solo work. And it's sort of I had to, like, uh, rebuild and be like, what am I about? And now how can I pick and choose the information I've gotten throughout school and apply it to what I'm about? Um, and that took way too long. I wish I would have done it in school. Mm. I don't know. I, and you can. People like, do it. But I like to think, Jolenta, it didn't take too long. You did things in Oh, I time. feel like I'm way behind. <laughs> I'm way behind. I wish I would have done it when I was like 22. Mm. But I didn't. But then you wouldn't be here with me today. I know. I know. And like, people do this at, at every stage in their life. I'm not saying also I've had it figured out and I won't do it again in five minutes. <laughs> but... I wish I would have been sort of aware of this process as early as Sumeya was. And like, oh, you can take stock of what you want in line with what you're being told you should want by the fancy people. Yes. Yes. I want to know about you, though, Kristen, because you never do stuff too late. You I do always do it right. I do everything too late. No. And I'm going to talk about that. But first, we need to take a quick break. Fine. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. We are back with this bonus episode of We Love You and So Can You. And we are talking all about ideals and environments and what to do when those things conflict. Now, yeah. Kristen, can you please tell me about a time when your surroundings and the people around you were, were invested in a lot of ambitions that you didn't necessarily share? Well, I'm going to kind of 
do a twist on this question, actually. I love it. If that's okay with yes, you. Yes, twist away. So I've talked before um, in prior episodes about how when I first came to New York, what I really mm. wanted to do most class was like— Class warfare. You like, wanted to rage Yeah, more. and I'm like, why can't I work in the creative class? Why am I stuck with jobs where— it's me who's being treated like a nobody, and my storytelling doesn't matter. My writing doesn't matter. None of because I couldn't be an unpaid intern for a year. Like, I don't have this job. Yeah. So what I did during that time is the other thing that I thought was most important to me, which was nonprofit work and education, mm, yeah. nonprofit arts and education. I worked at a charitable foundation. I worked at an educational foundation. I worked at a research foundation. I worked at all these nonprofits. And I was drinking the Kool-Aid as far as as long as I do these things that match my ideals and that are doing good in the world, I won't feel sad that I can't be creative. Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm not writing my novel, but, like, I am making sure that, like, this grant gets filed for this really cool yes. institution. Yes, I was doing exactly that. I was doing a lot of event production mm. for— To raise money. Yes, like yes. And it's like event production is fun and, you know, working on— Grants is sort of not completely horrible. I kind of get a sick thrill from writing a grant, <laughs> but that's because I learned how to do it in school. But I just, in the grand scheme of things, I was kind of drinking the Kool-Aid of this work is so meaningful that it doesn't matter that— That I'm not personally fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. And I feel kind of bad saying that because working for those foundations, I was doing so much good. I was putting a lot of good out into the world. I was helping to empower people— in developing countries to have projects where they could make money off of their art, for example, or right. their creative efforts. I was uh, helping um, unknown filmmakers be in film festivals and so like, on. That's was, all good. Yeah. But what about, what if I wanted to make the film? What right. if I wanted to tell the story? There was no place for me to really do that in those spaces. And I think that comes down to also, like, taking care of yourself yes. in a weird way where it's like you will also do a better job of helping these people get money and visibility and whatnot like if you feel fulfilled and not fucking bitter yes. you know and, or resentful of like why are they doing this and I'm helping them I want to be the one making exactly exactly and so eventually I was just real with myself and I thought you know what that's not what I wanted to do when I came out here what I wanted to do is this other stuff that you know, I don't have the connections for yet, but I'm going to develop connections. I'm going to right. move over into the space where I can be creative and I can still do good that way. And contrary to what the Kool-Aid said, I can do way more good now than I could in those organizations mm. because I'm empowering people in different ways through my storytelling. And your skills are like being utilized properly. Yes, exactly. Because I'm way better at being, you know, a uniter and a storyteller and an empowerer than I am at writing grants. I have to be frank mm -hmm, with you. I'm mm -hmm. just better at it. No, I so. believe it. <laughs> You're a really good team builder. I've never seen a grant you wrote, but there's probably a reason. There's a reason why. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that that fulfills the question still of like— I think it does. Yeah, because it's not that I ever thought those ideals didn't matter at those foundations. And they do, but they still have to line up with yours and like taking care of yourself. Yes, Absolutely. And, you know, like you, it took years to get to the point. I wasn't where Samea is in her, you know, her early 20s, getting it all taken care of 
what was I doing in my early 20s? I was still in college. <laughs> I was like applying to acting school when I was her age, being yeah. like, someone else tell me my ideals now. <laughs> so again, very envious. Yes. Yeah. So um, Samaya, we salute you for in some ways doing better than we did. But everybody else out there, it's never too late. It's Agreed. never It's never too late to reevaluate your ideals and other people's ambitions and your own ambitions. And Jalenta, as you were saying, I think it's good to check in with them regularly, not just at certain points yeah. in your life, but, you know, throughout our lives to do that. Um, we're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we're each going to tell you about a time that we turned to art for inspiration to get unstuck, just like our girl, Samaya did. Yes! Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. We're back with this week's bonus episode of We Love You and So Can You. And now we're going to talk about getting unstuck through art. Now, remember, Samea turned to Toni Morrison. She turned to uh, K-pop. She saw inspiration and happiness in those creative realms, even though she doesn't work in those realms herself. Right, right. She, she's, she's a law student. But sometimes having a little fun and a little beauty and um, a little art around you can help get your head out of the space of cyclical self-loathing mm-hmm. and fear and concern that yeah. you're letting yourself down. So um, we loved what she did, and we wanted to just take a moment to talk about what we ourselves have done. So, Jolenta, let's start with you. Okay. You know who I always turn to when I'm stuck in a rut and I'm like, what are my ideals? Who am I? Like, what do I care about? Mm-hmm. I always turn to Catherine Hepburn. Yes, you do. I you really, do. really do. Often I'll read her her smaller book, her shorter book, about uh, the making of African Queen, where she went to Africa with Lauren Bacall and John Huston and Humphrey Bogart, and just all this crazy shit happened. But mostly it's just a fascinating story about a single unwed woman traveling to foreign countries in a time when, like, a lot of people can handle that. And, like, a lot of people being startled by her being like, I'm fine in this hut by myself. Oops, watch out for those fire ants. And, like, <laughs> I'm not a priss. And, like, let's do this stunt. And, like, just sort of her continually blowing people's minds by just being game for life and not writing anything off because of her sex or because of what people expect of her sex. And, you know, she's been problematic sometimes in her past, but also she's just such a fucking trailblazer it's a good reminder whenever I'm like, what do I believe in? Or like, I feel conflicted with like this institution's ideals in my own. I read her work or I look at some of her insane film choices and go like, oh, people can do whatever they want and make a career out of it. Like people can make choices that go directly against the grain and be fine. Yes. 
Yes. And in fact, like, that's what we admire them for. And even though it's scary, like, it's that bravery that we latch on to. So, like, we can do it ourselves. And I just, I always turn to my girl, K.H. Nice. How about you? All right. Something much classier than mine, I'm Oh, sure. not at all. You're like, no. yes, I also turned to Toni Morrison. No, mine is much more in the realm of K-pop. Mm. I'm talking Christmas movies. Oh, God. How did yes. I, how did I not see this coming so many miles away. I watch Christmas movies year-round. All round. the time. Yes, I love them. And I love that they are frothy and predictable and that women have the majority of the speaking roles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that it follows the trajectory of female characters almost always. When and you if you count Santa not as a man but as like a mythical creature, then all the movies probably pass the Bechdel test. Yes. <laughs> but I just love a good frothy Christmas movie. And in addition to all the ones that are classics, like Miracle on 34th Street and It's a Wonderful Life, I love all the made-for-TV ones. I love A Diva's Christmas Carol starring Vanessa Williams. Muppet Family Christmas Carol TV special where Sesame Street and the Muppets and Fraggles all come together. Love it. I love the new releases in the theater. I get a little bit of a different experience with each one, but every Christmas I do try to see at least a couple of them in the theater. And here's why. One of my favorite things to do while watching any movie, but a Christmas movie in particular, is during a pivotal moment that's emotional where, you know, Santa comes and saves the day or whatever it is. Or like an angel gets their wings or something. Anything like that. I like to pause and turn around and look at everybody's face in the movie theater behind me. That's fucked up. To see the light on their face as they're crying or as they're laughing. That's like watching someone poop. I just love it. And it's one of those things where... Your relationship with a screen when you watch a movie is so singular, but then you can re- look around and be reminded, like, this oh, it's is a not. shared experience. This is a shared experience, and it just is something so special. And my first Christmas in New York, I knew nobody, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to see a double feature on Christmas. And I saw two movies in two theaters that were six blocks apart from each other. Each movie was two and a half hours long. Talented Mr. Ripley and oh, Magnolia. Honestly, whoa, really good choices, both of them. Yes. and What a good Christmas. And it didn't matter that I didn't know anybody. They were the big Christmas releases that year. And I sat in the theater, and I had a singular experience, but I wasn't alone. And it's just one of those magical things about Christmas time, movies that come out around Christmas time, Christmas movies. And just like group experiences are really important. Yeah. Like they remind you that you're alive. Yeah. All of those things. So that's my answer. Movies, Christmas movies, and movies that come out around Christmas time in the theater, at home, and on the couch. Long answer. Love it. Wow. So inspired. Let's go out and get our ideals and throw them in the faces of all the institutions, shall we? <laughs> That's it for this bonus episode of We Love You and So Can You. Our producer is Lindsay Cradwell. Thanks also to Casey Holford, who composed our theme song and mixed this episode. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Chris Bannon is our chief content officer. And stay in touch with us. Do you have a predicament you need help with? Do you have feedback for a guest? Our email address is weloveyoupod at gmail.com. And you can also tweet at us at weloveyoupod, at Kristen Meinzer, and at Jalenta G. Or leave us a voicemail. We love your beautiful voices. Our phone number is 601-LOVE-171. That's 601-568-3171. 
And don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, probably where you're listening right now or wherever you listen. It helps people find out about our show. Oh, and speaking of people finding out about our show, just tell everyone you know about the show. Until next time, I'm Krista Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Thank Thank you you. for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. And remember, we love you. And so can you. Lindsay was organizing? <laughs> what? Did you know she does that sometimes? I don't know. Like, I thought Cameron was into organizing, and then I met Lindsay. Stitcher. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.